This is the Editor's Half Hour. Step into the life of an editor for 30 minutes as we discuss the craft of editing, industry trends, and editorial resources. Your host is co-founder and CEO of Peak Publishing, Inc., Nadia Jaja Pupa. She is experienced in all facets of the publishing industry, from editing to design, and works with corporate clients and self-published authors. Nadia and her guests are about to share powerful insights and stories on what it takes to be an editor. And this is your host, Nadia Jaja Pupa. Welcome, listeners, to the Editor's Half Hour. Today, we are talking about book coaching. This is one of my favorite topics ever to talk about because editors can be book coaches. In fact, I believe that all book coaches should be editors because we know how to think a certain way. Today, we have a special guest, somebody who I was kind of freaking out about after I met, by the way, Caroline. Caroline Malloy is super cool. After I met her, I actually called my sister to say, you're not going to believe who I met. I met this super cool editor, and she has such a cool story, and I went on and on and on. And I feel like people are going to do that after they listen to this podcast. So welcome, Caroline. Thank you for your time today. Please introduce yourself and tell us about what you do and the types of things that you edit. Uh, thanks, Nadia. <laughs> it is great to be here. No, no pressure now from that introduction. <laughs> Um, I am, as you said, I am a book coach. Um, I come to book coaching, not exactly through editing, through some academic work as a historian. And I work at the moment, um, I work with women writing fabulous nonfiction of all sorts, creative, scholarly nonfiction and, and help them get their books done. And I, and I have to kind of back up a little why I was freaking out after I met you was because, and I hope we can talk about this on the podcast, the, the Viking cruise gig that you have, I just was, I was amazed. So tell us a little bit about that too. And and how that kind of led into um, book coaching. And I know this because Caroline and I got to chat a little bit before the podcast. Uh, So yes, please tell us about that. Yeah. So like I said, I I don't come to book coaching through standard editorial routes. I was a university professor for some time and transitioned out of academia for a number of reasons, as many of us kind of find different callings. And as I was transitioning out, I had the opportunity to continue my passion for history and my love of talking too much uh, (laughs) on board Viking cruise ships. I was hired by them when they were launching their ocean line probably five years ago now, six, seven years, a while ago. And I started traveling internationally with them to talk history in places I love about things that I love. And over the years, as you know, weird things started happening. Um, (laughs) I don't know how else to explain it. I could be in, say, you know, somewhere off the coast of Italy, giving a talk on Augustan Rome. And, and someone would come up to me and say, you know, over a glass of wine in the evening, because it's rough life on a cruise ship. Um, someone would come up and say, hey, love the talk, would love to talk to you about it. But by the way, I'm working on a book. And I so think cool. I would love your feedback on it. And the book would have nothing to do with whatever my talk was about. And the first time it happened, I was like, oh, that's lovely. That's great. How right. I'm complimented. Right. But it kept happening. Um, And people would come up and ask to talk about their book idea. I had 
I have been handed two separate manuscripts. Um, I have been asked to consult kind of live on all sorts of book projects and, oh, and it kept crazy. happening. And I kept saying, thank yes. you, but I have n- oh, yeah, said right? no. Like, what, what is this? <laughs> and it wasn't until, you know, just a few years ago that I discovered it's actually a thing. There is a space here. Yes. And what had been kind of happening organically for me, I decided, so cool. well, you know, if you can't beat them, join them and, and yeah. lean into this space of well, let me go looking for manuscripts. Let let me not wait. Let me let me look for people yeah. who have these ideas and, and I can help. And yeah. That's how I became a book coach. Oh, gosh, I love that so much. And that's why I was freaking out after I met you, because I was like, first of all, the Viking cruise thing, like that is super cool. Super, super cool. It's fun. I still and, do it. I'm yeah. leaving in two weeks for Are Europe you? and taking taking my You're clients kidding. along with me metaphorically oh my God, through that the is, uh, internet. I love that so much. That is the, the coolest thing ever. And I think it it kind of speaks to the fact that you come from that academic background. You exude the academic academia from you know the way that you speak about certain things, and you have the, his, the you know the knowledge of the history, and so it, it sometimes it goes hand in hand. But that's probably why people were like, "Oh, I wrote a book," and like you said, it has nothing to do with history or it has nothing to do with what you're talking about on the ship. But they look at you as this scholarly person who can assess their content. And that's basically what you're doing in the book coaching sessions. So let's dive right in. Let's just get right into it. Um, what is your process like? And, you know, when you, when you, let's, let's just start at the beginning. Let's pretend that you're, you're onboarding or you have a kickoff meeting or however that process is at the beginning with a client. How do you go about that? Um, this is going to be very informative for editors who are thinking about bringing on this, this like service that they want to start doing. And like, what do I do? How do I start? How do you know, there's a lot of questions about this for somebody who hasn't done this yet. But I can't just have to say this. I truly believe all editors can be book coaches. And they it may be more of a confidence thing, like, I don't think I can. And I was one of those, you know, editors who thought, I can't possibly be a book coach. I mean, what is that? It's such a vague thing. But this podcast is not going to make it so vague. So tell us, let's walk through the process. So talk about what is it like at the very early stages with a client? Sure. And I will, but I'm just going to kind of jump on what you just said there and follow up with the idea that editors can be coaches. Yes. Any editor who has been working, if you're line editing, you're developmental editing, whatever you're doing. And if you read the book and you're like, I want to talk more to this author about yes, yes. that's that that's yes. the coaching instinct, right? Yep. That's the space where I feel as an editor that I have this thing I want to talk about, this conversation I want to have more with the author. Yes. To help their book be better. That's that's the space to lean into. Yeah. So and one more thing to add on to that. Yeah. If you've been in a situation, I'm speaking directly to the copy editor now. If you've been in a situation where you already are instinctively doing that and you're saying you're having that back and forth with the author, you sure as hell better be getting paid for that because that is book coaching. And it kind of pisses me off when I hear about copy editors who are taking it to that level, which is great and awesome, but they're not getting paid. And it pisses me off because that is valuable information that you're giving the author and you're helping them truly shape their content. That is way outside of what a copy editor should be doing. 
get paid for that. Okay. <laughs> like that's really like, that's, that's really what it boils down to. I had to add that in there, but so again, okay. So let's back up. Um, and I just so opinionated. I have to just like get it out. Um, but, but it's no, important. It is. It's so important because it's not fair. It's just not fair to the copy editor to be diving in, speaking to the content, getting that back and forth with the author for free. And it, and it happens I, sometimes. And that's basically book happen. coaching. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it happens because, like you said, either an editor is, is hesitant to get into coaching or yeah. honestly, I'm I'm still encountering editors who aren't really sure that what book coaching even is, yeah, right? Is it a thing? Yeah. Is it just this informal whatever? And yeah. so, like you said, that it's that space. It's the, how can I have a dialogue? And exactly. That's, that's how my coaching relationship begins with writers, yeah. is yeah. starting a dialogue. It's a, a long, normally, at one point I thought, oh, 20 minutes, we'll have a short conversation. It's like an hour-long conversation. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk... I want to know everything that drives you about your book. Like that's, we, it's a real conversation to begin a relationship that has to do less with the technical aspects of the book and more really with an author's vision for themselves and for their story. And absolutely, if that aligns, then we jump in. Um, yeah. And for me, almost all, with almost all of my writers, we don't jump into a manuscript. Even writers who've come to me with a draft or with chapters and say, all right, I want to start. Here's what I have. Um, that's, I'll do some developmental editing if someone needs a full manuscript review. But in terms of coaching, it's all about getting to what drives the story. Yeah. And yeah. because I work in nonfiction, my guide for that early work together is actually a book proposal. I so love that. Wow. We look at, Here's the components you're going to need down the road, because honestly, every client I've worked with so far has at least aspired towards or, or hoped to pitch to traditional publishing. Not all do, um, but I haven't personally yet worked with anyone who comes in and says, I'm just self-publishing. I don't need to worry. And honestly, Whoa. in the end, I would do the same thing. You take the proposal and you work it backwards, even if there's not a page of draft and look at, all right, you know, what's driving you to write this? That's going to be part of your bio. It's going to be part of what motivates those pages. What, um, you know, who's your ideal reader? We hash that all out in the front. And then later when you get to the proposal and you've got to talk about your platform and your market, I mean, you've already done some of that conversation. Talk wow. about comp titles the same way and getting into the plot and the summary and outlining. Well, that's going to come back around. So I really, for me as a nonfiction coach, set it up as we're going to do a lot of work up front so that you have a lot less work to do later. And it's going to guide what happens in between, which is actually sitting down and writing or revising those chapters. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I have that. If you're So this podcast is audio and video. And if you're watching the video, I feel like I have that look on my face like Keanu Reeves and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> He's like, whoa, I literally feel like that right now. Like my brain literally exploded because I don't, I didn't know you did that. I didn't know that you, and I didn't even know you could do that. I just learned something. The fact that you do the book proposal first, what? Like that is genius, genius, it's, I mean, it's, it's genius. It's not formal, but it's basically take it's these things that you're started. going to need. Yeah. And they're going to start your book. Holy crap. Like that's that's so smart. I love that because I, Thanks. I'm so, I, I guess, and I'll compare notes because I do book coaching myself, but 
Right. I put a lot of emphasis on this mission statement. And maybe this is because of my corporate background, you know, and I'm not like from, you know, I don't come from a publishing company. You know, I really got my start in the corporate setting, nonprofit associations. I do some government contract work with editing and graphic design. Okay, but I really go for this mission statement, very similar to what you just said. And I ask them to really reflect on it, you know, and meditate even and write a couple sentences, a paragraph even on their purpose behind writing. So it's similar, but it's not the freaking book proposal, which is huge and very, very smart to get out of the way first. If you don't know what a book proposal is, just pause the podcast and look it up. It is intense. It is a lot of work. Um, We're not going to explain what that is. That's a whole different episode. So let's focus. Um, Okay, so that's freaking genius that you're doing the book proposal first. Huge. Um, Now, what is it like when you you know, we do our, and this is great because I do my book coaching sessions much differently than you, but it's essentially the same thing. I do not touch the manuscript at all. I don't even, I don't fix grammar punctuation. I don't clean it up. It's not my responsibility in the book coaching. It helps the book coaching session fee go down a little lower. I mean, I'm still reading and I'm assessing and putting in comments. And then we discuss them together in our sessions. And it's it's that simple, really. Um, And then I look at the revisions. And again, we just keep going back and forth whenever we schedule our meetings. And I always block an hour and a half, which is huge. It's a big amount of time, but that's, that's how long we will discuss things and create like a game plan really for the manuscript and how they're going to develop really structure the the rest of the book. Um, So tell me about you though. Tell me about how you structure your book coaching sessions because it's different. I think, I think you actually do some of the editing work as you're creating and developing content, right? I do. And I think a lot of it in terms of background, my background's academic. For me, coaching is a lot like you know, Class. grading papers used to be, but I don't have to put a grade on it. And we just get to be excited and revise. Yeah. It, it really, I think, comes from that space. So for yeah. me, working, whether it's working on that pre-proposal, like game plan, or whether it's drafting, or actually, I work, sometimes people come to me, they just want to do a formal proposal. It's the same process. And I get really involved on the page. Um, I would say I'm, I do, I probably over comment Um, And it's a conversation I have with my writers because sometimes it can be overwhelming and I need to, you know, rein myself back. But (laughs) I I try to be really excited. You're getting excited. I do. Yeah. I I get really excited. I have, I like to ask questions in the moment. So we have, we'll normally do one or two revision trades back and forth for every meeting that we have in person. Um, And the reason I put a lot of comments in is because in that moment, I don't want to forget about that question because, you know, a yeah. week or two weeks later, yeah, we're going to talk big picture issues, but those smaller moments of where I'm pushing and saying, you know, why are you doing this? Or what about this? Or, or whatever that question is, or yeah. emoji, because I'm going to admit I'm one of those editors <laughs> who do. likes emojis. I do too. <laughs> um, I, I, I want that to be there. Yeah. And and I, I, I tell my writers that, you know, feel free to ignore those questions. But <laughs> yeah, true. I true. don't feel responsible as your coach if I don't ask those questions. Right. And the other thing that I do as a coach is is I have a Slack channel with all of my writers. Oh. Um, individually, one-on-one. Okay. So that at any point, I know some editors use um, 
other platforms. What's the video? What Marco Polo or there's Marco video Polo, ones that people I've use. heard people use Voxer as another one. Voxer, I've heard. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I use Slack, okay. which you can record video if you want to. I haven't really done that, um, but it allows those one-on-one questions to go back and forth as well. So if wow. I do return a manuscript okay. draft and there are questions in there that in the moment, looking back at the draft, the writer wants clarification or wants to really discuss, we'll have those conversations. Um, we'll, you know, go back and forth, work through that. Um, and so I feel like That's there's cool. a lot of front loading on the document, but I'm accessible to go through that more than at, you know, those biweekly check-ins that we have live. And, and do you set those expectations with a client too, to say, you know, I'm not on Slack 24 seven, you know, what if you can't respond right away? How do you navigate that? And how do you discuss that really at the, from the get go with a client? Um, I basically tell them, yeah, I'm not 24 seven. Right. Um, for me, one of the ways that I easily have that conversation is yeah, because I'm working with most clients long-term six months, yeah, 12 yeah. months longer. Yeah. Um, they will be working with me at some point while I'm on a cruise ship somewhere around the world. Right. right. So a lot of early conversation for long-term planning is I'm going to get back to you as soon as I can, but sometimes I might be seven hours off of you. And just, and I've actually, I've had clients who are in Europe. So sometimes we're inevitably off of each other. Yeah. Right. 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 So those expectations are my email. Personally, my email is pretty restricted to business hours. I'll, I'll keep it really like nine Good. to five, nine to six. I wish Slack. I could stick to that. <laughs> I, I try that. to stick to that. That's, that's the <laughs> expectation I establish. Yeah. Um, but with those Slack communications, it is a little bit more casual. If I wake up and there's a message, I have kind of like that's texting. Cool. I have no problem getting back, you know, over a cup of coffee and, and chatting and solving a problem or sometimes it's really a great space. Um, I have one writer right now who will just periodically use Slack to text and tell me how far she's made it since she last checked in. And it's a space of accountability for her to be like, Hey, guess what? Be excited. I got three more pages done. Great. And so, you know, and you get excited. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. So I guess I'm trying to picture myself doing that. And I'm like, Oh man, I would get so overwhelmed. How many clients do you have? Can you have at a time? I mean, mean, do you have a waiting list? I'm assuming you have a huge waiting list, but um, what is that like? And, and are you, you can manage that. I mean, you have a separate, it's private, just you and the author who are on the Slack. You don't have a community, right? Of all the I authors don't. talking. I, I don't. I, <laughs> That'd be crazy. I, I, Fun, but. It, 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 uh, there's certainly group coaching and, and people who do group, group coaching. There's plenty of book coaches out there who do cohorts and use a Slack or a Discord and have that kind of interchange. I haven't yeah. gone there personally, um, but it's certainly an option for people who kind of want to run more of that conversation or use like a Facebook group or something like that. Yeah. Um, I manage it all individually. So I just basically have a list of all of those private conversations that, that sit open. And I know you can do the same with something like discord or Voxer. Okay. Um, for me, I can manage again, going back to my academic days, I can manage a pretty heavy workload. Um, yeah. I can easily handle 10, 12 writers at a time in an ideal world. I would love to be able to handle more than that um, because it's always less than grading 80 term papers. Always. (laughs) And and it sounds funny to say, but the last four years I was teaching, I, you know, I I could sometimes get 80, 10 page papers. Right. Talk to anyone in academia. Yeah. If you tell me somebody's only going to send me like 20 pages once every other week, (laughs) 
that do that I in got your sleep. So much bandwidth for that. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. This is so so cool to hear about how that the academia lifestyle truly lends itself to this. It really does. It really does. It's the coolest thing. I didn't even think about it like that. And I approach it almost like a corporate document. <laughs> I mean, I, I approach it like I like very corporate because I have my mission statement. We have deliverables. We have deadlines. Give me your, you know, I, I tell my clients, you know, get me your revisions by this date. Give me enough time to read it so that we can discuss it when we meet. So it's very, you know, checklist, you know, and, and it, and I'm sure yours is like that too, to a certain extent, but I feel like your Slack is your version of office hours. <laughs> like if I'm in my office, come on in. <laughs> I love that. I love like that feeling of like, you're there and you're of making yourself available for them. And that's huge, huge for your clients. I didn't really think about it like office hours, but yeah, yeah it has that it feel. I, I literally it, just came to me now because like, that's why we treat our our um, book coaching sessions differently, but similarly. Like you're truly academic, and I'm truly like corporate. Like our meeting time, and here's our agenda. This is what we're going to talk about. Like truly, like in a corporate setting. If but I were isn't leading that a meeting, the great thing though. Yeah, I mean, in terms of of client compatibility and, and yep. the writers that you work with, there are yep. writers who are coming out of that structure who work really, really well in that like mission statement deliverable. Like that's yeah. a world that they yep. understand. Yep. And it's not that you don't coach writers who don't have that sort of mindset, but right. writers who come into it like that are going to probably really click really well with you. Yeah. Writers that are a little bit more free Student. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I work with a lot of scholars. I, I, work, right. I do actually work with people from the corporate side of things, but right. My approach sure. definitely is more of that. I love that. Yeah, teacher-student kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's really what it is because you are teaching in those. You're coaching and teaching. I mean, that's really, it's the same thing, really. You know, but we're calling yeah. it, you don't call it, you wouldn't call it, I'm a book teacher. <laughs> you're a book coach. No. You know, because you're truly that cheerleader for the author. You know, cheering them on. You can do this, giving them that encouragement. And so now I want to get into... um the types of clients, because you said you have clients who are scholars, or you'll have clients who are from the corporate world. And it's all we're talking all nonfiction right now. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like that's really the majority of my, um, my book coaching clients are writing nonfiction. And it's a lot of it is uh, strategic structure, organization, um, style, personality, I mean, really a lot, we discuss a lot of things. So you're a book coach, you you're you're having this really intimate relationship that you're building you're building a professional i should say but you're getting to know your clients a little bit on a deeper level than just doing a copy edit right Absolutely. so how how uh deep do you go i guess in conversation you know sometimes if somebody's writing a memoir have you had any memoir uh yeah. projects they it can be deeply emotional for the writer and they might be too scared and I'm I'm very much mindful of that. And I want to make sure I'm not poking and prodding. And what happened in this moment that, you know, people are writing about very intense things. Um, and, and this is a, you can't answer this question in two seconds, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> and just, you know, just to give a sense of how you do navigate this. If, if you're in a setting where a client is getting uncomfortable or emotional and have you had a client break down and start crying in a session or have you had a client... Um, not push back or fight because they know you're there to help, but uh, maybe resistant to talk about a certain thing in a memoir um, 
how do you definitely yeah do you match their energy <laughs> yeah i know i'm sure this has happened because it can get intense and i want yeah. editors to know that that in a book coaching setting you really are diving deep you're not talking about grammar and punctuation at all that's not even part of the conversation like you said early on it's not technical this is content so what what is what are those moments like for you and how do you navigate through them well one thing that i think is really important um both personally, but also from an ethical perspective or an ethical position for book coaches, we are not therapists, right? So working particularly with memoir clients, um, memoir writers, there are going to be guaranteed moments in which that writer is going to get into things that maybe they've never actually said out loud before. And you're the one who hears it. Wow. Yeah. And it's really, you have to be really careful to allow the writer to put on the page safely what they need to write, to talk through challenges, like you said. I mean, it might be situations where I, I've asked, you know, why is this happening? Or I don't, I don't think this section is about what you think it's about. Yeah. That, that's yeah. really with memoir, the conversation that tends to happen. Yeah. I don't think this is about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's not my job and it should not be, and, and my writers know this, if you need to dig into this in a different space, you should be talking to someone who is skilled and trained and licensed to do that. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, there are certainly times where writers have become emotional because they are realizing they, they put something on the page and, and I'll ask a question and they'll realize something. And sometimes it's, Oh my God, I can't believe this is where I am. And if, yeah. as long as they are safely arriving at that location, I'm there to coach them to get that on the page, right? To help that's them awesome. feel safe on the page. But if they're not, that's my job yeah. is to say, we need to pause. Right. We need to find a safe space for this. Yeah. And I'm glad that you trust me, but I'm not that right. safe space. I can't right. help with that part. I can help with the book part. Yeah. Um, and, and, the, and the reason I'm bringing this up is not in any way, shape or form to scare copy editors away from book coaching. That's actually a very powerful situation to be in because in a sense that, you are, you're, they are comfortable with you and you should, you should be empowered by that and feel really awesome that they are being vulnerable with you as the book coach. And so that's really why I wanted to talk about that because it's worth mentioning that that is, that is a thing that happens not with every single client. I mean, this is nonfiction and it is when it comes to memoir, it's very personal. Um, but when it comes to a business book or when it comes to a self-help book, it's really just, it's again, it's strategic and organizational. And, and that's a lot of where the conversation tends to go. So um, that was cool to hear that though. I mean, that's, that's really, you make a big difference in, in the editor or the author's life because they're able to get something out there to share with the world, which is huge. And one thing I think if I could just add one more thing that's yeah. that's an important distinction for coaches or for editors who are looking to coach and would consider coaching memoir, because that's yeah. a choice, right? You can, right. if that's not something you're comfortable with, you don't have right. to do that. Yeah, no, um, not at all. One of, one of the ways that I kind of engage with that that I think is helpful is to kind of step into the space of the reader. Um, and the conversation I've had with every single memoir writer I've worked with has been at some point, your reader knows you're holding back here right? It's not me. Yep. It's not you. You get to choose how far you want to go with this if you want to get deeper here. But your your reader's going to notice here that you're holding on to something. And as a writer, you can choose to still hold on to that. Yep. But as your coach, I'm going to tell you this is a, 
the reader is really where that challenge is. And so in terms of coaching it, it's not about getting yourself into the problem. It's about, again, thinking about the proposal, right? What are those yeah. components that you need? And being that. true to the reader is a way to help a memoir writer sometimes push into those spaces that are uncomfortable and challenging. Yeah. I love that. And it's truly, it's, there's something crazy that goes on in our brains as an editor where it's like, we can scan a document and we just can find that weakness. And we're like, ah, oh, you need to talk more about this. Or what did you feel in that moment? How, you know, and, and it's like, it's just like this. And that's how editors are. And I know copy editors are that way too, but they have to hold back because they're not, they're not getting paid to, to talk to the content at that level. They may ask, the, the author in an email or whatever. But again, that's speaking to the content and they're really just being asked to assess the grammar, punctuation and style and structure and consistency. So final question. And I wanted to get into, and we barely scratched the surface. Damn it. You know, this topic is <laughs> just, it's, it, there's so much to say about book coaching and how it's such a rewarding thing for editors to go through as well. And we benefit as much as the author does. It's, it's a really great back and forth, um, uh, relationship that that's formed um and a cool bond you know yeah um so I guess final question and and I, I you know I want to encourage listeners to look at the show notes I'm going to put a link to Caroline's website she's she mentions I think you mentioned rates and and maybe some information about the book coaching sessions it'll it's be all there on the website it's awesome and so we don't need to get into that in full detail so I guess uh final question um what are some words of encouragement that you can share um, for copy editors thinking about taking this on who are excited and feel like they're maybe have already done book coaching, but didn't get paid for that? Um, what are, what are some, what, what is, I guess, one thing that you would say that you wish you had maybe known from the beginning that you now know, and you're like, okay, maybe something about the contract, maybe something about how you conduct the sessions, anything. Um, I, I think I would say, I mean, kind of the conversation we were having earlier about leaning into your own strength yeah. and about, and, and to those copy editors who feel that they're maybe already instinctively doing this, you're, you're being pulled in that direction by probably a particular type of manuscript or client, you know, are, and, and to listen to that instinct and to coach into that instinct. There's plenty of, I mean, once you make that, that leap and say, right, I, I want to shift over and, and maybe add coaching and my services. Right. Um, I mean, there's plenty of resources that you can look at for how to brush up that kind of coaching framework. Yeah. But, you know, if you find that every time you get a certain type of manuscript, you just want to have that conversation or a certain kind of client, right? For me, it was about figuring out that I really was being most excited and most drawn to and without really paying attention, drawing into myself as yes. writers. Yeah. I was I was clicking with a particular kind of woman writing nonfiction because she really, really had this thing to say and needed to have that book. You know, like I said, I work with scholars who yeah. are trying to do it. I work with, you know, people who are authorities about some other part of their life. And leaning into like what was I just being pulled towards and wanting to talk about. And that's something to embrace cool. and not shy away and think, oh, I have to do this or I have to coach this kind or I have to follow this list. Right, right. I love that. I love that so much. And I think it, it just kind of speaks to all book coaches how it benefits us too. Like we learn a lot about ourselves in that coaching yeah. process. It's so powerful. It's so cool. So 
Thank you so much, Caroline. Like this was just super cool. You said Thank things you, that I didn't. Been great. I, I, you said things I didn't even realize. Like I should be doing. You know, I, I should at least as- assess or address the fact that hey, if you want to try to go to big publisher, let's let's get the book proposal as part of that conversation early on. That's that's genius. So and even if you don't, yeah, work on the book proposal, it will make your book better when you self-publish or go to a hybrid publisher and 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 somebody exactly. indie, right? It it will help you. Yes, it will. I love that so much. So thank you again. I am like, just, I can't, I can't wait for editors to listen to this podcast. I think it's so informative. It's this, this should help really assess what it is to do book coaching. Um, Visit Caroline's website. It'll inspire you. Find her on Instagram. You're on LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. On LinkedIn. Okay. I've seen her posts. She's awesome and she posts often. So look for Caroline everywhere. And I'll put those in the show notes. So awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. And I hope everybody's inspired and maybe interested in adding book coaching to your business. More book coaches is a good thing. Thanks, Nadia. Thank you for listening to the Editor's Half Hour. This podcast is your go-to resource for editorial trends, opening the discussion for new ideas through the real-life stories of editors. For more information about Nadia Jaja Pupa and her business, visit peakpublishing.com. That's P-I-Q-U-E publishing.com. Be sure to follow Peak Publishing on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And remember to subscribe and follow The Editor's Half Hour wherever you get your podcasts.